0: الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين يا رب لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك ولعظيم سلطانك وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله قل الله ممالك الملك تؤتي الملك من تشاء وتنزع الملك ممن تشاء وتعز من تشاء وتذل من تشاء بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن سيدنا حبيبنا وعزيزنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَن يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الخيارة مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ وَمَن يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا مَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَأَوَلِي الْأَمْرِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فَلَا مَضِلَّ لَهُ وَمَن يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَأَوَلِي الْأَمْرِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ وَمَن يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ نِعْمَ الْمَوْلَى وَنِعْمَ الْحَسِيبُ Amma Bad, dear committed Muslims, brothers and sisters. Today is the first day of the first month of the year. Today is the first of Al Muharram and This month brings with it, in a sense, painful memories and, in a sense, reinvigorating lessons to refresh ourselves or to have the proper state of mind Our sole responsibility if we can instill it Into a sentence or two our sole Responsibility is to be justice centered Justice oriented Justice motivated and justice-seeking our whole character as Muslims has to do with maintaining justice and in adva- in an advanced stage maintaining obtaining and then maintaining Social justice. The ayah in Surat Al Hadid Lakad Arsalna Rusulana Bilbayinat anzalna mahum al walmizan liakuman nasu bilkist. We Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. We have sent our messengers with clear evidence And we have made accessible to them Scripture and criterion Mizan is the ability to weigh matters And we're not speaking about here specifically about weighing material matters But weighing the matters that have to do with society, that has to do with equality, that has to do with brotherhood, that has. these issues have to be distinguished. And Allah has given us the ability to distinguish. وأنزلنا معهم الكتاب والميزان ليقوم الناس bilkist, so that people are able to carry on with social justice. Pist is social justice. so this is this describes the history of scriptures al Al-Injil, zabur Ibrahim, Musa and Al-Qur'an It also describes the history of prophets From the early prophets Until the last prophet May Allah's peace and blessings be upon them all Now We have In our inherited understanding of Islam we have a problem remember we have a problem in our inherited understanding we don't have a problem in our Islam the problem is the way Islam came to us there exists a I'm not speaking about multiple issues, I'm speaking about a major problem. And that major problem is we have been sidetracked or we have been taken off the course that leads to justice. So you can't speak about, in the inherited understanding of Islam, you can't speak about justice. When was the last time, in your mind, listening to preachers and teachers, listening to shuyukh and people who are public figures and spokespersons for Islam and all this, when was the last time you heard a cogent presentation of the basis of justice in Islam And the goals of social justice in Islam, it doesn't figure in. What do we have then, most of us? What do we have? We have an inherited understanding of Islam that is not centered around justice, but centered around rituals. Persons islam is judged by his or her rituals You have a scale made of a salah and a saum and zakah and the Hajj and some Verbalizations of article of faith and dua. That's the scale whoever perfects these personal obligations becomes a perfect Muslim contrary to what Allah and his prophet are saying and were saying and will continue to say to us the majority of us who have misidentified ourselves because of this Top heavy ritualistic definition should ask ourselves where did this come from? How did this happen? How did we go from Muslims who are laser concentrated on justice to becoming these flabby types of ritualistic Muslims? How did this happen? This happened when the first major flaw in our governance took place. That it happened when Muawiyah stole the governance from the Muslims. That's when it all began. And from that time, beginning from that time, the attention of the Muslims has shifted from being justice driven to being ritualistically driven this is a major deviation from our definition that is in the Quran and in the sunnah but there there was a corrective move there was an opposition to that to be more specific there were multiple oppositions to that when the Ummawi dynasty imposed itself on the Muslims the goodness in Muslim society, objected to that. There was what is called the objection by Abdullah ibn Zubayr and his followers. There was the objection by what who, those who are known as Al-Khawarij with their different breakdown. And there was the opposition of the followers of Al Imam Ali, with also as the years and the centuries went by, with their specifics, and there was opposition also from those who are right now called Ahl as Sunnah wal Jama'a. There was opposition from their scholars and from their quote-unquote revolutionaries. This was a broad spectrum of opposition against that major discrepancy and misdirection away from Muslims being concerned with justice, equality. Equality negates racism. It negates classism. That's a component of justice but now we had creeping racism and nationalism and ethnicism because of that major mistake at the level of those who were making decisions for muslim society in the umawi dynasty to begin with and the other dynasties that followed so when and much of this opposition now we're looking at 1400 years much of this opposition has withered away. The followers of Abdullah ibn Zubair they don't exist. Has anyone come across someone who says, I am a Zubayri? Nah. No, doesn't exist any longer. The by and large the what's called Khariji opposition also has withered away. There's a few, I mean, a, a few million Khawarij who still live primarily in the Sultana of Oman and then scattered in some countries in North Africa, Libya, Algeria, etc. But by and large, the character of opposition to them has faded away. They're only right now a school of thought called al Ibadiyya, the Ibadis. That's it. What do we have now that exists? We have those who say that they are Shi'is. This is a school or a trend of opposition that withstood 14 centuries it still exists and with the events of the past 30 or 40 years it has come out as the primary re- the primary promise for refocusing the attention of the Muslim public and it has the capacity to go beyond the Muslim public if it knew, knows how to communicate to the world to correct that original mistake when Muawiyah took over by force and through wars. But what happens in this context, Let us. Be, if we're not going to be able to express our inner thoughts to each other, we're not going to be able to make progress. What has happened in the Shia context, instead of concentrating their attention on the serious and most obvious deviation that took place by Muawiyah and his followers, and then his sons and grandsons, etc., instead of focusing on them. They extend the mistake back to Abi Bakrin and Omar and Uthman. This has caused a stumbling block in the way of penetrating Muslim public opinion. You're not going to be able to penetrate. Muslim public opinion by and large, if you equate Abba Bakrin and Umar and even Uthman with Muawiyah, you, you will not be able, let's be frank about this. You will not, if you think you're going to be able to do that, you're living somewhere in an ivory tower. You're not in contact with the innermost senses and feelings of the average other Muslim that you have to overcome if you don't all the best we, we salute the successes we salute the progress that has been made especially when confronting the common enemy that we all Muslims have that is something that cannot be denied by anyone So what approaching the 10th of Muharram, one of the issues that should stand out, stand out very clearly to us, is that Abu Bakr and Omar and maybe Uthman, they did not harbor any malice in them towards al-imam Ali can we get this straight there was no malice there were mistakes there was different ijtihadat not coming from bad intentions but there was an absence of malice can we understand this that's number one number two the other Component Of Muslims in this world today Those who fall under the category Of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah They commit the same Type of error But they do it When it comes to Mu'awiyah and Yazid And whoever follows them Here is where we have malice Here is where we have Bad intentions Here is where we have aggression. And that has to be identified. The way the world, the way the impression is in our current Muslim population throughout the world, the Sunnis extend the goodwill of Abu Bakr and Umar and maybe Uthman unto the Umawis. That is a mistake. A horrible mistake that has to stop and cease forthwith. If we can't do that, we're not going to get anywhere. By the same token, those who extend the malice of Muawiyah and Yazid to Abi Bakr and Umar in particular—that has to cease. Then we can look at each other and find how much we have in common and why does this continue who does it serve when we can't look at reality we can't look at our own history and think about it sort this whole thing out can we do that let me say to you i usually don't do this and we've been going a long time and i know some people get irritated because some people consider me a sunni i am a sunni as long as the description and definition of sunni is positive and i'm proud of that and on the other side, there are some people who consider me a Shi'i. And let me make it clear to you. I am a Shi'i, As long as that description and definition is positive. But inside both of these camps, so to speak, there's a decadence. And those who belong to one or the other, they have not been able and willing to clean their own house. So here, it is reported, and this is from Al-Kafi. For those of you saying, where are you getting this from? Okay, you go back and review what is said there. It is reported that Muhammad ibn Ali al-Baqir said to one of his Associates by the name of Abu Nu'man, Abu An Nu'man, Ya Abu Nu'man, La Tekvib Alayna Fatuslabul Hanifiya. O Abu Nu'man, don't lie concerning us. By doing so, you will lose your independent integrity. That's a more refined meaning of al-hanithiyya than the fossilized translation that goes around. Here, what, happened, what happens in the Shi'i context, please permit my candid, candid expressions. Here, what happens in the Shi'i context is exactly what happens in the Sunni context. The Sunnis fabricated hadiths and attributed them to the Prophet. That's a fact. But this fact has been living for 400 years that not many Sunnis can face this fact head on, eye to eye. Same thing happened with Shi'is. They fabricate hadiths and say this hadith was said by so and so of the imams same problem why can't both parts of the same body come together and say well we have a common problem I on one of the uh, lectures that I was giving some months ago I was approached by a very sincere Shia brother I've known for maybe twenty or more years on the other coast of this continent and he said to me of course he he in his mind like is the case with many who go by traditional definitions he said well (coughs) you know the book of al-bukhari and muslim it has some hadiths in it that are incorrect i said yeah sure and he was like shocked How's this? You're not supposed to say that I said, oh, okay And you know the hadiths That we have in The books of hadiths Al-Kafi, etc These are hadith sahihs I said, no That's not the case Not all the hadiths Just like al-Bukhari and Muslim Not all the hadiths That are in the book by Al-Kulayni Or the book by al Or others Not all of them are, are, are correct And then he looked at me as if he heard this for the first time He said Well so do you believe in the hadiths that are in there? I said yeah I believe in the hadiths that are sahih, That can fit in the context of the Quran Of course I do why not? These are imams. When you speak about Imam al Hussein, he's an imam. When you speak about Imam Al-Hassan, he's an imam. Imam Al-Bakhir, Imam Al-Ridha, etc., etc. These are imams. W- why doesn't any Muslim in his right mind, what does he have? Has problems with that? The problem is not in what they said. The problem is in what people said they said. That's where the problem is. So can we come to a common ground? both of us and say we have to work on this. So he says this is still Al Imam Al Bakr speaking to Abi and numan He says Tatlubanna and don't be eager to become a head to wind up as a tail This has to do with the selfishness in people Who want to become leaders Out of selfishness Not out of qualifications Out of selfishness They end up being at the end of the line وَلَا النَّاسَ بِنَا فَتَفْتَقِرُ literally speaking it means don't eat out of us through people because you're going to become poor what what this means in the understood english is don't make a living out of us because that's a way to poverty how many people do we have making a living off of the words Al Al-Bayt or ahl al-Bayt, etc. If only they could read and understand. There is no doubt you will you are responsible and you will be held accountable. in wa in If you say the truth. We will reinforce you. If you lie, we will take issue with you. I know this is not what people usually say on an occasion like this. But we, we have to, all of us, we have to come to evaluate the life and the death of those who have throughout the course of these centuries opposed the first political and ideological mistake that we still carry the burden of today when we when we admire when we adore when we hold in respect and esteem al-imam al-husayn alayhi salam when we do this we don't do it because of the way he performed his prayers or the way he performed his wudu the sha'air the umawi sha'air that have substituted for the core meanings of Islam. We don't do it because of that. We wished that the level of consciousness among the Muslims was enough to understand that the sacrifice of al-Muharram means the return of justice to the centrality of our Islam. When we say Allahumma salli ala muhammadin wa ali muhammad, that word wa ali muhammad brings back that lost component among the Muslims and in the world. And that lost component is not the prayers or the fasting. We condemn our own selves. We fast whether Sunnis or Shias you fast for 14 hours here in this part of the world, at this time of the year, you fast for around 14 or 15 hours, then you come to break your fast, there's a matter of about 15 minutes difference, and you can't come to live with this, what you may call, minor issue. You don't honor the 15 hours, and then you want to make an issue of division about 10 or 15 minutes. This is the psychology of sha'air that we are in, that we have to part from. The other Muslim, the way he performs his, his salah or his sawm or his hajj or whatever, is on an equal basis of the way you perform it, whichever way, he does it in whichever way you do it. Can we get beyond this Umawi-imposed Islam? This Umawi-imposed Islam has gone into the Sunni world and the reaction has gone into the Shia world. This Safawi Islam, you know, we speak about Ummawi Islam when we speak about Sunnis. How about thinking of Safawi Islam when you speak about Shias? What you are going to see in the coming 10 days is Safawi Islam. You who belong to the Shia tradition. What you are going to see by and large, I'm not saying everywhere, but in the majority of cases, what you are going to see is not a Alawi Islam. It is not a Husseini Islam. Can you understand that? It is a Safawi Islam. The words of truth hurt. During the Safu, when the Safavids took over in Persia, they created a ministry. It was called the Ministry of Husseini Rituals. You had you had the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Ministry of Defense. Then you had the Ministry of Husseini Rituals what did they do they sent some people to Europe and these quote-unquote scholars they went to Europe and they saw how the church performs its passion plays the passion play has to do with what Christians consider to be the crucifixion of Jesus May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him. And they go through torturing the body. Some of them, they put their body up on the cross. They still do it today. In the Philippines and other areas, they put their body on the cross and they nail themselves to the cross. And there is a passion play that goes with church rituals. So these from the ministry of Husseini rituals, they saw what is going on here, and they took this pra- church practice into the Islamic and Persian cultural context, and they modified it. So now you have, in order to remember in an emotional way, not in an rational this is what's absent to remember Imam Al-Hussein alayhi Salam in an emotional way you have this symbolic coffin on Ashura you have them flagellating their own bodies with chains and with a sword cutting themselves on the forehead or on the back or with whips and these types of things where did this why i, I mean we have enough people we have enough enemies killing us in real life, you are bleeding yourself for nothing? What is all of this about? And now we have some of these who come from this tradition who say they want to revive Ashura in a secular way. Meaning, you don't mention politics on this occasion. No politics, no ideology, no Zionism, no imperialism, no justice, no nothing. What? Where would all of this go? What are you doing with it? You're burying the occasion. That's what you're doing. That's what you've been doing. And it's about time that we wake up to all of this. The justice that is required is the justice that we were taught by the prophets of Allah and the imams of Allah. And we say it that way, any contradiction here in anyone's mind? Not what other intruders came and said, oh, this is what the Prophet said, or this is what a certain Imam said, to serve their own, their scoring, that's all they're doing. A Sunni wants to score against a Shi'i, and a Shi'i wants to score against a Sunni. Can we get out of this? Bipolarity scoring here. The images that are coming our way, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a major plan now in the world. They want the Muslims to pick a fight with China. And the first indications of that is what is happening in Myanmar, in Burma. There was one of these images that came my way. I may have sent it to a couple of you but i didn't send it to everyone i know or every contact that i have because i know if you see that you will be so disturbed i was personally so disturbed that for a week the imagery could not go from my mind you see and i'm going to describe for you very briefly and this is when you recall this in your mind and then you look around and see What is happening in your masjid during this time of year when you're supposed to be much more mature than what you are? This shows you a Muslimah from Myanmar. You know, there's been about 800,000 muslims who have been expelled from their homes and from their country in the past years. In the past months spent 400,000 add to that the other 400,000 the previous years and you have about 800,000 Muslims one of these Muslim women it appears was raped by these soldiers Buddhists this is how they want this issue to begin Muslims versus Buddhists Muslims versus China the Israelis are hurting and so you want to bleed now the Muslims on another front so they show this image comes across and unfortunately because the Muslim mind is not developed in the masajid every week we react we're still emotional we need more minds in these issues she is naked it appears she was raped and then they take her And they hit her. These are troops from Myanmar. And she begins screaming and crying. Then someone takes a knife and severs one limb. She's still alive. And then he takes the same knife and he severs another limb. And then he severs another limb. And then he severs the fourth limb. Arms and legs cut off. And then he takes the knife and decapitates her he cuts off her head and he shows her head to the camera when an image and this is just one image of one of the miseries that proliferate all over the muslim world and then we have those who come and say "Uh, you're a lesser muslim you're another muslim you're a kafir muslim or well, I don't say it, you know you're a kafir. Where are we, and why do we permit this to be said to us, and then to be done to us? Because we are doing it to ourselves, and we can't outgrow the false tradition that we have inherited. أقول قول هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ودعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله غافر الذنب وقابل التوب شديد العقاب وإليه المصير الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم wa sallallahu wa sallam ala al-mab'uuthi khairan wa rahmatan wa hudan likaafatil umam muhammadin in nabiyyi al-ummiyi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa dear brothers and dear sisters that ummawi deviation that began 1400 or so years ago that still exists today and Is exemplified by the ruling family in Arabia If we are to understand history we should understand current affairs and if we can decipher history we do it through current developments just in the past couple of days the contemporary umawi regime in arabia told a particular scholar of theirs the person's name is Saad al-Hajri One of their imams, their speakers, their preachers, their khatibs, whatever you want to call them. They told them from now on you cannot ascend any minbar, you cannot speak to the public. So why did they say that? Because he gave a presentation in which he said, and the presentation was meant to validate the Saudi policy that bars women from driving cars. He said, الْنِسَاءُ نَاقِصَاتُ عَقْلٍ وَدِينٍ Women are deficient in their minds and in their deen. And then he went on to enumerate 20 other what you may call deficiencies in women. Now you would think he is supporting the Saudi official policy that says women can't drive. So why do they tell a person like that you can't say something like that? Because they're turning the page. If they survive, because they're running late, but if they survive, the Saudi ruling family will allow women to drive. This is, their, this is the way their policies are working themselves out. There is a preparation for a visit of the demented king of that ruling family to Russia in which he is going to sign some agreements. We don't know what they are. But just a news item like that brings to our minds the fact that have you ever heard this person give, present any cogent ideas publicly? We seem to have ghosts who are ruling us. Kings and presidents who don't have the capacity to speak to their own people. We only had two in the uh, I'm I'm speaking here in the Muslim Arabic speaking countries. And both of them are gone now. They were and I'm not endorsing their ideas or anything like that, but at least they used to go and present themselves to the public. But these ghosts, kings and presidents who are ruling us today, why don't they come stand in front of their own people and say what's on their mind? We challenge these kings in Arabia to stand in front of the microphone and the camera and express themselves for only one hour. No one thinks, no one asks. That we are being ruled by ghosts. Now for the first time Saudi Arabia is permitting women to attend sports events. And now they are having concerts, musicals. In that land that they say it's the land of puritanical Islam. You may not know it but in social media in the past years there was no facetime snapshot skype telegram tango etc they didn't exist that's a that's a police state that is ruling with draconian laws but here it's given something like positive image no one speaks about There's repression of freedom of expression in Arabia. As we said, now they have musicals and concerts. The first one took place in Jiddah and the Riyadh this past week. And for those of you who are familiar with musical groups, it's called Blue Man Group that performed over there. The, uh, the Bahraini regime, that is a close ally of the Saudi Umawi ruling family, they had their orchestra play the national anthem of the Israeli Zionist occupiers of the Holy Land. It's called Hatikva. This was in Los An- Angeles, at the Simon Wiesenthal Center and now they lifted the ban on their own countrymen said if you want to go and visit Israel you can go we have no objections to that they are capitulating one by one for the first time now I guess it is hurting so much that the ikhwan, who have been the silent allies of Beni Saud throughout all of these years. They are hurting so much now that they have five satellite TV stations. I'll give you the names of them. al hiwar Mukammilin, al sharq Al-Aqsa, and to a certain extent, Al-Jazeera. All of these now are beginning to come out and speak the truth at least a portion of the truth concerning the regime in saudi arabia in what is called saudi arabia this is progress but did they need to go through all of this pain and agony to build up enough courage to speak truth to the corrupt power in arabia needed needed all of these years and are they going to make an about face and an about turn if the political winds shift if the political winds shift and when you come and look at all of this picture look at the whole spectrum of what is going on you realize that Muslims are lagging far behind when it comes to thinking through their issues and problems now the Muslims are being set up again empty minds you can play with them imperialism and Zionism can do whatever it wants with empty minds empty heads on the 25th of this month today is the 22nd three more days there's going to be a referendum in the Kurdish areas of Iraq and now The imperialists and Zionists realize that they lost their gamble on certain elements in Iraq and Syria. That house is being cleaned. It's a matter of a a couple of months or so. And it will all be history in those two parts. The strategy of the imperialists and Zionists with the Saudi enablers will be over. So now they're creating a new issue. They want us to kill ourselves in Kurdistan and around Kurdistan. And I say Kurdistan here not as a political government, but as a geographical area that extends in Turkey, in Iraq, in Iran, and in Syria. This is their new chapter. And because Muslims in these types of masajid, are not given information to preempt a bloodshed that will cost us another round of hundreds of thousands of people losing their innocent lives because we have structured ignorance coming from the Saudi controlled masajid. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna ittiba'ahu wa arina al baatila ولا تجعلهم التبسا علينا وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم إليك نشكو ضعف قوتنا وقلة حيلتنا وهوانا على الناس يا أرحم الراحمين أنت ربنا وأنت رب المستضعفين فإلى من تكلنا إلى غريب يتجهمنا أم إلى عدو ملكته أمرنا إن لم يكن بك علينا غضب فلا نبالي ولكن عافيتك هي أوسع لنا نعوذ بنور وجهك الذي أشرقت له الظلمات وصلح عليه أمر الدنيا والآخرة من أن تنزل بنا غضبك أو تحل علينا صختك لك العتبى حتى ترضى ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بك اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد وصل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم وبارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم من منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة